Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Just seeing a tweet here from Ben Pope who covers the Blackhawks for the Chicago Sun-Times. He's been on this show a few times over the years. He says a small list of teams with scouts at Blackhawks stars tonight. Minnesota, Seattle, Boston, Philadelphia, and Edmonton. So the Patrick Kane rumors are alive and well in oil country. In the NHL tonight, it's almost six minutes into the third period. It's 1-1 Jets and Islanders. In half an hour, Flames at Coyotes. Flames got to get going here on the wrong side of the playoff cut line if they want to get in. And uh, then that Blackhawks and Stars games uh, game also will start at 7.30. Tomorrow here on 6.30, Chet. Early one, 3.30 for the face-off show, 5 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Oilers at Penguins, and I'm pleased, very pleased, to welcome back to the show former player, great broadcaster, outstanding storyteller, Phil Bork from the Penguins Radio Network. Phil, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Well, Reed, uh, you, you gave me quite the intro. You are really pleased to bring me in. I appreciate you. Well, I always love having you on the show because uh, you, you love talking hockey and you, you spin a good tale or two along the way. So that, for, oh, first of all, first of all, I can't neglect this. I got to get this done early here. Rob Brown says hi. He specifically texted me, tell Borky I said hi. So there it is. Yeah, thank you. One of my favorite teammates, and uh, you guys are lucky to have him up there. I catch some of Brownie's stuff every once in a while, and uh He's uh, very tastefully um, professional about his critique. Uh, he can back it up, uh, and that's the thing. You have a lot of talking heads in this business that just spout off and say things, and they can't back it up. Uh, but he's been there, done that, number one. And number two, um, whether it's the, the things you want to hear or you don't want to hear, he gives it to you straight and honest. Well, I, I love working with Rob. This is our 10th season together. And I've, I've learned so much about the game of hockey. But, yeah, I love Rob's approach. And he's also, um, I mean, he understands the game changes too, right? That things might have been true, the true seven or eight years ago uh, might not be uh, true today. Or tactics or, or players' mentality or physical makeup can change over the years too. Uh, that's the last part I think is the biggest part, uh, the players' mentality. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I don't want to go as far as to say they're coddled. Maybe I just did. Um, that uh, you know, it's different. You know, coaches coach differently. I think the coaches now are as much sports psychologists as they are hockey coaches, uh, just because the players are different. Um, you know, the way they want to be talked to, how they want to be talked to, the volume you use, the inflection you use. You have to choose your words so carefully. You almost have to tiptoe around. I'm not saying all players. There's some old school players. Uh, but I always found that uh, the hard truth was the most effective with me as a player. Maybe it was my upbringing. That's the way my dad was. Uh, but I just find that the teams that are wishy-washy in this league, they have a lot of players that are uh, uh, players that don't want to uh, be told the truth. They don't want the cold, hard facts. Um, and I find that those are the teams that uh, don't get deep into the playoffs. You know, you think you think of the teams that have won recently. They're all a mirror reflection of their head coach, right? Uh, no matter who you're talking about, and even your Edmonton Oilers. You look at the way uh, your head coach goes about his business, and uh, same with the team, and same with Pittsburgh. So 
so you referenced that you didn't mind, uh, you know, a coach who maybe w- was tough on you. But I want to ask it to you this way. As a player, I mean, you were a, a pretty intelligent player from what I remember. And as Brownie talks about you, you, you must have already known, though. Or, or did you when you screwed up? I mean, did you need to get back to the bench and hear about it? Or did you already know what went wrong if you were involved in a tough play? It's funny because you go to different levels, right? And to get the NHL, usually in the two levels below, you're probably one of the best players. So, you know, you, you didn't really get coached up too much. Um, <clears throat> but at the NHL level, you've seen a lot of players they've had to change, to almost completely change, do a 180 of the way they were in junior or the way they were in midget. You know, they get to the NHL and like, oh, man, I can't do that at the NHL. How am I going to get there? How am I going to stay there? And a lot of times you have to change your game. Um, but, yeah, to answer your question, most times I knew I screwed up. But if a coach never talked to me, I, I didn't think that was a good thing. It's probably because he didn't care. So the ones that were barking at me, right? Read, think about it. And it's not just hockey. It's in, in any business. You know, I find that if your boss is is trying to correct you or trying to get you to another level, and maybe it's not the, you know, the the uh, you know the hug around the shoulders or or the nice soft words. Uh, sometimes it's direct and to the point. If they're trying to get you to the next level, it's because they care about you uh, and they want to see you succeed. Uh, and that's a, sometimes it's a hard thing to figure out early in your career. Uh, and, yeah, I had some coaches that would yell and scream, throw things in the locker room, uh, which to me was a lot of white noise. But if you were really speaking to me directly, you can be as hard, choose as nasty words you want. But if you're talking the, the same language as me, and trying to get me to be a better player, my ears are wide open. Okay, so, and that's interesting, because what I'm hearing there is there, there's a difference between a coach throwing a tantrum or insulting a player as opposed to, okay, I might be acting angry or disappointed in you, but I'm still instructing you as I'm doing that. There's, I, I'm still hearing right. a difference there. Right, so volume isn't always the answer, right? Right. Uh, but it's, it's, it's the directness of the conversation and um do you really want to embarrass a player in front of his teammates that to me would be the very last straw i think the one-on-one conversations hey reed come in my office oh yeah shut the door and sit down and and those kind of eyeballs to eyeballs heart to heart talks you know those are the ones that are the most effective And, and when you have to have two or three or even four of those with the same player then that player probably doesn't belong on your hockey team. And that's the cold, hard fact. Listen, this, this league, it's belligerent, and it's not for boys. It's for men. And if you can't take it, then you're going to kind of bounce around to a bunch of teams. But if, if you're a man and, and you've learned the hard way and you're ready to win, and I mean pay the ultimate cost, sacrifice everything, and sometimes it means sacrificing you know, your family time. Sometimes it means sacrificing your body. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But when you have a group of men that get together and they're all willing to sacrifice for the same cause, a lot of times they end up at the promised land. So when you can answer this from a player or now as a broadcaster, whichever perspective you want, or both, do, do you agree? Okay, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll set it up this way because Brownie and I take calls after the game fans are emotional especially if the Oilers lose maybe a guy made a mistake well why didn't Woody or Tippett or McClellan or whoever why didn't they bench him and sometimes guys do get benched do do you like what's your view on saying okay you're done for the night kid 
or or would you prefer coaches who say, okay, you messed up, you know what you did, get back out there and make a play now? Wh- like, which approach do you prefer? I think it, it depends on how much trust equity you have with the coach, and that takes time, right? So the way Mike Sullivan coaches Evgeny Malkin is different than the way he coaches Drew O'Connor for the Pittsburgh Penguins because Drew has not built up that trust yet with the head coach. So when he messes up, He's probably going to miss a game or even miss a shift or miss a period. Okay. With Evgeny Malkin, he, you know, he makes a lot of mistakes out there. Uh, he's making fewer this year, by the way. He's, he's playing a more responsible game. But he never misses a shift because of the trust equity. And, and Sully believes that he'll go out. He knows his player, knows the person. He's going to go out there and try to make up for that mistake by getting it right back. Uh, that, that takes a while to build that up. Um, uh, I think the most valuable thing to players, read is ice time and especially for the skilled players it's power play ice time and if you don't you don't have to say a word you just don't put them out there the next shift you know you just give them a little tap on the shoulder and go hold on hold on that's all you have to say and if they have to shuffle left and shuffle right on the bench for half a period a whole period you don't have to say a word as a head coach smart players they'll get it They'll get it. And if they can correct themselves without you barking and yelling and screaming, then you know you've got a pretty good hockey player. But if he goes out there and makes the same bonehead mistake that just put him on the bench, then it might be time for him to move on. Right. Okay. Phil Bork. See, this is why I love having you on, Phil. You're you're passionate and you're and you're honest and you tell great stories. Phil Bork joining us from the Penguins Radio Network. The uh trade deadline's next Friday. I believe Okay, now, Pittsburgh to the Rangers, that was free agency, was it not, in the offseason? Yeah, unrestricted free agent. Now, Rangers to Ottawa, uh, I believe that was a trade, and I think it might have been at the I, deadline. I got a great story for you. Oh, I got cool. a great story here we go. I'll okay. make it quick. I'll make it quick because we got a lot to squeeze in here. we got about 20 pounds of hockey to squeeze in a 10-pound bag. Um, so I was with the Rangers. I wasn't playing much, but... I was with Eddie Olchek and Mike Hartman and uh, Joey Koser, and we were all in the hotel room in Calgary. We were on a road trip. It was trade deadline, so 1 o'clock in Calgary, 3 o'clock East Coast time for deadline, right? We have practice in the morning. We go back to the hotel. We have some lunch. We all go into Eddie Olchek's room, myself and, and Mike Hartman and the, and the crew, right? Because we all heard that one of us was going to get traded. So we're waiting by the phone. We're just, you know, yakking it up, and uh, 1 o'clock hits. Nothing. We're high-fiving each other, Reed. And all of a sudden, boom, the phone rings. And the old check answers the phone. He's like, oh, Neil? Hey, hey, Neil. Neil Smith, the gentleman manager of the Rangers. Oh, Borky? Yeah, hold on. Borky's right here. He gives me the phone. I just go, where am I going, Neil? He's like, hey, Borky, uh, it's Neil. Um, we just uh, just want to let you know that we just traded you to the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, your flight leaves in an hour and a half. Um, um, downstairs, a car is going to be waiting for you. I want to thank you for your service. I go, stop, Neil. Stop. I go, Ottawa? F in Ottawa, Neil? At the time, Ottawa was dead last in the league. The Rangers were number one in the National Hockey League. I knew they were going to win the Cup that year. And I wasn't playing much, but I thought maybe I would get in in the playoffs. My, my agent called me. About a month before the deadline, he goes, I got three or four teams really interested in you if you want me to push for a trade. I go, no, no, no. My agent was Ron Seltzer. I go, Ronnie, they're going to win the cup here. I want to be a part of it. He goes, okay, I'll just be quiet. Let's see how it plays out. So I ended up getting traded from the New York Rangers, which were in the penthouse, to the Ottawa Senators at the time were in the outhouse. And that was a very, very humbling moment for me. Uh, well, thank you for being honest. I'm sorry uh, I made you share kind of a painful. Was it four futures you got traded? 
I think it was um, two bags of used practice pucks. Okay, well, two's more than one, right? Yeah, correct. We got to put a positive spin on it. Okay, well, thanks for that story, which you had not told me before. But uh, yeah, because I was kind of like, I was looking back and I was like, I I don't totally remember that, so I was like, I better ask him what happened. I, I appreciate that. Just Phil. Real, real quick, I'll give you I'll give you the full exposure here too. So I also said, I said, oh, thanks a lot, Neil, because my wife, I was married at the time, and our our marriage wasn't great. She was from Southern California, and so to go to New York was, she wasn't crazy about it to be quite honest about it so i said ottawa i go blank in ottawa neil i said i'm as good as divorce he's like borky i can't control you know what's going on with your marriage and all like i said i'm telling you right now neil i'm as good as divorce that was uh what february or march by january of the next year i was divorced oh my my wife my wife would not go to ottawa she refused to go to ottawa our marriage just quickly dissolved and yeah. Well, okay. We're not a happy time in your life, but <laughs> you see, this is the, the and some people are probably thinking like, "Wow, I can't believe Reed dragged him up to this." But I may have told you this before. I get better stories from hockey players about times in their careers that did go well than the happy times, because most of them are so humble. It's like, "Hey, Borg, remember that time you got this many points or did this?" Oh yeah, it's all my teammates. But then it's like, "Hey, what about this time?" <laughs> they open up. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what, what to the tell people. Is. I give you the, I give you the full. Be careful what you ask me because I might give you the answer that uh, you don't want to hear. Well, the story la- around a year ago of the the German spa that was a happy story. So oh, that was a very the, happy the, the... happy ending. If, if you want to leave it at that. Okay, uh, let's let, let's put the final of the uh, twenty pounds of hockey into the ten pound bag. The Pittsburgh Penguins. They are. Uh, flirting with a playoff spot, but they're, they're not there. Uh, when I Googled the Penguins to read some stories about them, the word inconsistent seemed to come up a few times. Uh, what's your take on the current state of the Pens? Wildly inconsistent. You know, we, we started off our season, Reed, 4-0-1. Then we lost seven straight. Then we went 15-2-2. This has been the most bizarre roller coaster ride I've ever been on. And I like roller coasters, but I don't know if I like this one here. I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. I, I don't know what to think about this team. Their bottom six is invisible. It, it's, uh, you can have one or two guys that go on goal-scoring droughts. Penguins have about seven or eight, including former Edmonton Oilers draft pick Jeff Petrie. Um, it's it's crazy. I mean, Sidney Crosby is having one of his best years, and I think they're kind of to the point, well, Sid and, and, and Malkin and Latang, to the point where they're having really good years, but they need help. And I'll tell you real quick, I heard Paul Coffey say something, great Oiler and Penguin, say something the other day that, that really – resonated with me. He said there's there's three kinds of players in the National Hockey League. You have your muckers and grinders, right? When they see the coach coming at them, they want to go the other way because they figure it's not going to be great, right? Then you have the next level players. You're really good players, right? And they're they're talking to the coach all the time. You know why? Because they want to get to superstar status, right? They want to get to that next level, right? Then you have your superstars. You know what they want, Reed? They want you to surround them with good enough players to win another cup. Do you think Sidney Crosby needs to put more money in the bank? No. Do you think he needs to win another Hart or Ross or Richard, any of those other trophies? No. He doesn't give a hoot about those. You know what he cares about? You know what he wants more than anything? 
he wants to win the Stanley Cup one more time. And this isn't lawn darts, it's not golf, and it's not tennis. It's a team sport, and you need to have a supporting cast. And right now, that supporting cast is letting the captain down. He is playing his ass off. Excuse my French. And he's not getting the support that he should. We have players with one goal in 24 games. We got Teddy Bluger uh, that has, I think he's got no goals in his last 29 games. We have um, Brock McGinn. These are all good hockey players. He wears number 23. Not a good number because he's gone 23 games without a point, Reed. 23 games without a point. How do you fathom that? How do you? How are you in the National Hockey League? These are good hockey players that have lost their way. And if they don't find themselves, the Penguins going to be in a bad way. So th- that's a long answer for your short question. But tomorrow night, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're led by Sidney Crosby, could beat your Edmonton Oilers 7-0 tomorrow, but they also could lose 7-0. That's where they're at. I'm not sure if you were apologizing for saying ass or making a reference to lawn darts. Neither. <laughs> or oh, sorry, you said excuse my French. You didn't apologize. Yes, that's okay. Uh, Phil, well, we're out of time. The 10-pound bag is full. This was a, a blast as always. It, it, that's a very honest perspective on, on the Penguins. So, so thanks for filling us in. Hey, man, I, I really appreciate it. Take care of our uh, boys there tomorrow from Chad calling the game. And I hope you and I can talk again soon. Yeah, that sounds good. And I'll tell you what, man, you, this kid, Connor McDavid, I, I was watching the game last night. I know we got to wrap up. I know you got to get the break. I was watching the game, and I'll tell you what, man, what he did in the third period, this is the best player on the planet. And I love Sidney Crosby. And I love the way he plays, 200-foot player, blah, blah, blah. But this Connor McDavid, is, he's a freak, man. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I know you don't ever take it for granted. We've had Lemieux and Yager and now Crosby here, and we were special. And at times you kind of you have to keep reminding yourself it's unique. It's once in a generation. This Connor McDavid is out of his mind. What a hockey player. You're so lucky to have him, Reed. Yeah, uh, I agree, and you're right. Uh, well, his best play might have been when he spun two defenders at the blue line. He didn't get a point in the play. I almost lost my mind. I played it back. <laughs> I, I paused it on my TV. I played it back about 30 times. I couldn't believe what my eyeball saw. <laughs> Phil, thank you so much, and I will uh, I will give Brownie your regards tomorrow when I see him. All right, Reed. I enjoyed our time together, and this was good hockey talk. That is Phil Bork on Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay, Phil Bork praising Connor McDavid, who's uh, having another incredible season, on pace for 148 points, which would bring him to 850 by the end of the year, which means we could be looking at 1,000 points for McDavid late in uh, next year's regular season if he uh, plays almost every game and keeps going at the rate that he's uh, going, which would be pretty incredible. Got to 800 last night. Drysaddle got to 700, and Nugent Hopkins' new career high with uh, 70 points. Phil Bork is uh, outstanding. I love having Phil Bork on the show. He told the story last season. We've played it a couple times since about being in a co-ed nude sauna in Germany and meeting a new girlfriend that way. 
and a, a somewhat sad tale of getting traded from the uh, Rangers to Ottawa back in 1994, but a very honest one and a very interesting one. He's an awesome guest. All right, we're going to bring you the 7.30 news and weather. We will uh, get to some of your feedback before 8 o'clock at 780-496-0063, and we'll also touch base with the Golden Bears hockey team. Canada West Rookie of the Year, Jake and Smallwood coming up 